0: This episode is brought to you by Jing's Mortgage Team. Jing's Mortgage Team is a team of real estate mortgage professionals whose mission is to help anyone with their real estate needs. If you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, refinance your home, have credit issues, or in need of an investment loan, we can definitely help you. If you're looking for a real estate agent, we know the best of the best real estate agents. Visit the link below for more information. Tommy, I, I deeply appreciate you coming oh, on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It's an honor, Tommy, for you to come on and peel the curtain back uh, on Secret Sauce with Hamilton Lau. Um, this is a very fascinating world to me, um, the world of competitive shooting. I Again, this is I, I, I'm so excited and look forward to uh, uh, understanding a little bit of your world. Sure. Because I'm always fascinated with all competitors. Um, And I think all competitors have a similar mentality on on many things, but it's just the, 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 the conduit, to competition is different. Of course. Um, But again, thank you so much for coming on. It's
1: a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) So Tommy is a, for those of you who don't know, Tommy is a competitive shooter. He's been shooting for 22 years won state titles, right, for, yes. I think, uh, what year was this, for the uh, production shooting? Uh, in
1: uh, 2020, uh, number one production shooter in the state of New York. Number one
0: production shooter. And what's production shooting? Uh, uh, there's,
1: uh, production is one of the many divisions that USPSA has, uh, and production is your basic pistol, no bells, no whistles, a limited of 10 rounds per magazine, um, factory gun, you know, so... It's it's fun compared to other divisions that are out there. And I'm currently shooting at another division right now, which is a uh, uh, pistol caliber carbine.
0: Wow. What so is that?
1: That's an AR-15 or a rifle style uh, based um, firearm that shoots uh, pistol caliber ammunition. So uh, a rifle that shoots nine millimeter ammunition. And that's what I'm currently shooting right now.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Just again, you know, the, you know, it's just a fascinating world to me because you're competing at such a high level, and you're not just a competitor; you're a champion competitor. So it's like this is just, again uh, an honor, and I appreciate you so much. Thank coming you. On Thank you so much. Sharing that little secret, you know, secret sauce, because again, you know, uh, it's a uh, my podcast is really again uh, a place to understand what makes successful people tick. So, again, sure. thank you thank you so thank much. Thank you. So, so, please, tell us, um, how'd you get into competitive shooting? how did I get into competitive
1: shooting? It's funny. Um, I would go to the shooting range, um, just your typical shooting down range, and I was quite good at it. Um, I guess the Marine Corps taught me something well, right? And uh, somebody when says... When did you
0: get into the Mar- uh, Marines? I was in the
1: Marines from 96 to 2000. Wow. And um, one of the guys recommended, you know, it's like, have you ever done competitive shooting? I'm like... What's, what's that? I've seen it on TV. That's about it. And uh, he says, uh, there's a place out in Long Island that does competitive shooting. I went out there uh, to what is now my home range. And they were having what is called the Long Island Championship, which is their little like uh, championship at the end of the year. And they go all out having their, their championship matches. And I thought this is where their normal, typical day. So I go there. I was like, wow, this place is wonderful it's like you know a, a kid in a, in a candy store for a person like myself and I fell in love I got hooked and um, 22 years later I'm still doing it <laughs> so what got me into it was some just random person at the shooting range recommending um, you know a competition and I got in there and I fell in love I got hit by the the bug you know, <laughs> spent a lot of money <laughs> you know, getting all the guns I wanted to get and yeah. you know doing all the training I needed to get uh, you know, at least be respectable in, in uh, my scores, and then just kept progressing from there.
0: Wow, so what was it about that experience? I mean, you competed, I assume you competed at that event.
1: Yes, you know, yes, I did, and I was quite embarrassing. It was very humbling. <laughs> so, um, you know, being being the, the, the mentality that I have, I go to the guy that was, com- you know, consistently beating me, I'm like, what military branch were you in? He's like, I'm just a plumber, and I'm like, just anybody, you know, is, is shooting and, and shooting at this high level. He's like, anybody who puts that time, dedication, effort, and energy can do, you know, whatever they want. And that kind of like left a, an image on me. I'm like, I got to put more time, effort, and energy. And so my very first competition that I competed in was very humbling. I placed very low and you had just random guys that were carpenters, plumbers, just, you know, regular day job people that had this passion for this sport and were wonderful at it. So I'm like, well, I wanna to get to that level. And, you know, with years of time, dedication, I I got to that level.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can envision and imagine the level of respect, you know, to be at the top of the food chain, the level of respect, not just to have uh, for the sport, mm-hmm. but of course, to the equipment that you're using and sure. you're competing with, right? Because it's just, it's not just, okay, I'm gonna, take a gun and shoot right it's like there's a lot to it right?
1: yeah i mean i i put a lot of time effort um into my firearms taking care of them cleaning them um, maintaining them and um putting certain products in my firearm to keep them performing the way they should be performing and um i guess the biggest compliment i get is when i have uh people who i don't even know come up to me and says you know I got very close to your score which means a lot because i look up to you and i was like i i don't consider myself an idol you know i just consider myself a normal guy that just shoots guns very well and um the biggest compliment i get is you know when i have these people looking up to me and aspire to be where i am in my life and that means a lot you know because i would have never thought anybody would be aspiring to be me or to reach my level and then I look back at all the years that I've I've competed, and I'm like, oh, you know, I've done pretty well for myself. So, it's it's a humbling experience that you know people actually look up to me in that aspect.
0: Yeah, I think that it's a it's just part of human nature yeah. to be inspired by people that are just again top, you know, on the top of the echelon, sure. right, like uh, that has that uh, champion mentality because it's, you can translate competitor, you know. In any competition, sure, you can translate that to whether it be a personal, uh, goal or a personal obstacle that you're trying to overcome. Right? Absolutely, and I can only envision and imagine, you know, all the obstacles that you had to face. You know, I did both competitively <laughs> and personally while sure. trying to, you know, get to the top. Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I uh, was born, which a lot of people are born. It's not a deficiency. It's I'm right-handed with my left eye being a dominant eye. And for a shooter, it's um, a disadvantage because your right hand and your right eye should be on the same platform so you can acquire your sights better and and reach your target quicker. And that was my my first biggest trial and tribulation in competition is, wow, I'm right handed left eye
0: dominant. What do I do about this? So so just I guess it would be like if I'm holding a rifle, right, like like normally I would just kind of tilt my head to the right if I'm holding the right. And to my and, right. and quite a few people
1: and do that, you know. Well, the, they kind of
0: the standard, yeah. Right? But for you, you're it. it doesn't. It I doesn't guess, line up. Doesn't like line up my, right. my, my dominant right. eye is my left eye, so
1: my left eye is looking at just random nothingness, where my right eye is looking through the scope or through a sight. Oh, so wow. yeah. that's a huge disadvantage. It is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so in the beginning, I guess it's like, how do you? How do like, I? Like, what, you, are what are eye over- do I go for? left? Like,
1: I actually, for, for a couple of years, just because I didn't know any better, I uh, just forced my left eye closed. I closed my dominant eye and let my right eye do all the work, which closes your, your radius of vision, you know, because you have peripheral visions on both ends. And when you're shooting a competition like I do, it's, it's running through an obstacle course while shooting a gun, reloading, and, and acquiring targets on the move. Closing one eye, you're you're closing a lot of your peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. Running through an obstacle course, which is a disadvantage. So I did a lot of training. I've I've trained with some phenomenal uh, instructors, and they they taught me the way on um, overcoming one of those uh, difficulties that I had, which Interesting. was yeah.
0: So you were able to find you know those kind of mentors that absolutely kind of, yes. kind of understand what you're going through you know. That's fascinating. Like Yes. That's a, again, I can imagine it's a huge disadvantage. It is. And they were able to. Yeah. Uh,
1: plan I mean, I think IG. having a, uh, a disability or a, a problem, admitting you have a problem mm. and finding someone that can help you with that problem is, is step one, because a lot of people don't want to admit they have a problem or they're not good at something. And seeking help is another problem that people have. Well, I don't need an instructor. I, I could do it myself. And no, you, you know, get the help from a professional that has been doing it for years. And I was very fortunate that I went to some phenomenal instructors and I've learned from them as a competitor. I've learned from them as a firearm instructor myself. So, you know, having people that have been doing this longer and have, have reached the, the top performance level of the shooting world, you, you know, you listen to what they say, Mm. you know? And so humbling myself and saying I need to to get the help that I need made me a better shooter.
0: Wow, and I think that's consistent with a lot of the people that I have on the show. Uh, it's like a secret sauce. Not the secret sauce, but right. a secret sauce, just being humble and yes. just acknowledging that, hey, you do need, potentially need the help and sure. being open-minded to be willing to do that. So would you say that that's the foundation to help lead you to a hundred percent, yeah, being absolutely. humble, yes, mm.
1: and and knowing that you know you need to ask for help and you know that let your pride aside and and learn, mm-hmm. you know. And I would, I don't want to call this sport a, a male dominated sport uh, because there's a lot of phenomenal women that are shooting in this sport, my goddaughter being one of them. Nice. And uh, she's actually uh, the top female shooter for the state of New York. So, wow, what's yeah, her name? Anastasia, Anastasia Georgiopoulos. Okay,
0: uh, just, look her up, follow her. Yes, Anastasia Shoots. <laughs> I'll, I'll put her link in Thank the description. Thank you. Yes.
1: Um, but the the male, you know, pride of not asking for help gets in the way. Yes. And, uh, you know, and it doesn't even have to be male pride. Just pride alone gets in the way. Mm. So if you put that pride aside and get, you know, seek that help and you know learn from people that you know have have reached that level you know with certain guidance and and listening you can practice enough to get to that level yourself
0: yeah and if again if you're fortunate enough to find somebody that's willing to even share information yes you know that's a big deal yeah and and,
1: and these are really like top level competitive shooters there's one guy that is a phenomenal shooter his name is uh, JJ Ricasa. And uh, he's also a finance instructor and I've learned so much from him and he's helped me out a lot in my career, you know, being where I am. So thank you, JJ. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Shout out JJ. Yes. <laughs> so uh, as far as competition, um, you know, what are some of the things that you do to compa- uh, com- uh, prepare for competition? Um,
1: it depends. It also depends on the, the competition itself. For example, the last competition that I had was the Mid-Atlantic and I look, they give us uh, stage briefings, which is pretty much uh, a loose layout of what the stage per stage is going to look like. And I saw that there were a lot of low window ports that we had to shoot from. I'm a six foot three, 285 pound guy. So going really low to shoot a gun is not something I typically do. So I was like, okay, well now I have to work out on my squats mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and getting low. And then, um, leaving uh, into another position from that low position. Or if I see in the stage briefing, uh, there's not so common starts. Uh, Unloaded gun and first magazine on the table. Not typically how you start. You start with a a gun loaded and, and holstered if it's a handgun or loaded and in your hands if it's a rifle. So having a gun on the table unloaded is not something that I typically start with. So I would practice with an unloaded gun on a table so what i would do is it's called dry firing and i practice with no ammunition in the room and will continue to do repetitions until i feel comfortable and confident enough in that skill of you know picking up that gun and loading it as quickly as possible because everything is under the timer
0: i see so like as part of your preparation you identify exactly what the stage is going to be, right. what the obstacles are going to be. and Correct. You kind of plan your training around. Around that. Oh, wow. How, yeah. how uh, uh, far in advance do you get the information of the stage? Uh,
1: it depends on the match director. Um, some match directors will give it to you with very limited notice and give it to you within a week of the match. Some match directors give it to you months in advance. Um, and it's not always exactly per se the the exact blueprint that they give you. but you get the gist of how the match is going to be. So if there's unconventional things, I will practice on that. Also, depending on the season, if it's a, a, a summer competition, I will prepare myself by hydrating a lot of the, a week in advance because you can get dehydrated and, you know, your mental uh, capabilities diminish, your physical capabilities diminish. So, it's not only just the shooting, it's, you know, Hydration, right. mental.
0: Hence the sport aspect. Yes, this, yes. Right, because as you were mentioning before, if uh, the stage requires a lot of low type of shooting, sure, you're gonna need very strong quads. Yes, and you're gonna have to work on your squats because it's all as you were mentioning. It's all under the timer. Yes. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. What would you say was the shortest turnaround time? Like, say, like a, I'm just making this up. Let's say like a week. Like you know, the that they gave you to prepare for a stage. Like, was it like a week or a day uh, or two it was, or? It was a
1: three day notice. Three day notice. Three days. <laughs> Could you, would
0: you mind sharing what was that experience like? Uh, like yeah, well, they, like, what wanted, <laughs> they wanted
1: to keep a lot of things under wraps and and be more of a surprise. And they just gave us three days notice on uh, on the stage briefings and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be challenging, you know? And there was quite a few things that were unconventional in typical like shooting competitions, uh, like a shaky bridge. It's literally a bridge that is connected onto change. Uh, so when you step onto the platform, it just shakes. There's no stable <laughs> oh <my> platform. <laughs> I'm like, really? I can't practice this at home. Like I'm not building a shaky bridge in my backyard to, to practice this. So uh, it's, so some of the things you can't practice for. there was this one time that there was, the stage was a big seesaw. So you stepped on a platform that was a bridge that was on a tipping wow. seesaw. So you're holding a firearm you're shooting at targets and you're running onto a seesaw platform that will then just drop once you get over that, that, that pivoting point of the seesaw. I don't, I've never practiced on a seesaw (laughs) like that's not something I've ever done. So it's they. you know, they had their challenges and it's fun. That's what I love about it. It's, um, not a single day that I've been to any competition has ever been the same as the previous one. Mm. So it's always something different. It's always something fun. It always keeps it exciting. So you can never get bored at a USPSA match.
0: Wow, it sounds so cool. It is, it is. Like I could imagine. You know, jumping over a wall, yeah. and like doing like a a somersault, a, a, a somersault, and like shooting, like for like for real. Well, they you have stuff you like know what it is?
1: they they? It's the yeah. most realistic uh, training for military law enforcement that you can have. Your your heart races because you're under the timer, the stress of the timer, and wanting to do good, and running through this obstacle course. Uh, there's uh, good guys and bad guys, mm-hmm. so there is targets that you're not allowed to shoot because that's a good guy. Um, you get penalized if you shoot a, a, uh, a good guy. Then there's um, activators that activate a swinging target and and um, plate racks that kind of weeble wobble when you shoot them and move around. There's a Texas star that literally rotates every time you shoot it. So it's it's very challenging, but, but it's, a lot of fun. That's <laughs> what <laughs> I was, a was lot gonna say, fun. it
0: sounds incredibly yeah. fun. Like the only you know thing that I could imagine, because I've never done this before. The only thing I can imagine is like, you know, when I was, you know, playing on the computer, like first person shooters, like mm-hmm. that's like the closest thing. But this is like real life. This is real life, in that, <laughs> exactly awesome. in that in
1: that sense. Yeah, right, right. right. So it's a lot of fun. I mean, I highly recommend anybody that has a thought of doing it or an interest of doing it. The best advice I can give them is literally just come out and do it. You know, uh, everything's going to be a learning experience. You're going to be taught the rules and regulations in the beginning, so you don't break any rules and regulations. Um, then it's going to be a humbling experience because even though you're a good shooter, for example, at the shooting range, this is something new. You've never shot and ran through an obstacle course before. So, um, you might not do as good uh, as a person who's been competing for, for years Mm. and just, just come out and do it. You know, is the best advice I could tell somebody, you know, it's don't get scared. You know, everybody, you know, wins, loses, or disqualifies from a match. It happens, but you, not coming out to a match just prolongs you having that much fun, you know, right? Right, and yeah. even
0: preventing you from growing, right? yes, like, and in, learning in general, and, yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. So, your practice routine would it be like do you have a set practice routine that you always so, yeah,
1: there is, uh, other than those stage briefings that mm-hmm. I, I prepare for a major match, uh, it's a dry fire routine that I will typically do. I allot myself 20 minutes a day, every single day, to dry fire. Um, unholstering a gun, if it's a pistol, uh, or acquiring my sights, if it's a rifle competition, practicing all my reloads. Oh,
0: when you say unholstering a gun, you mean if the gun is Unholstering, the hol- yeah, from the holster. And then you just like quickly take it out type thing? Yes, so, like, I think- because everything oh, is on so the timer. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's
1: like, you know, once, once you are given the make ready command, you, you know, put the first magazine in, you rack your gun, you put it in your holster. The next time you, you hear an audible beep, that's go time. That's when the timer starts. So when the beep goes off, you have to unholster and get your shots in as quickly as possible because it's speed versus accuracy. It's I want to be accurate, but I want to be as quick to compete that, you know, complete that course of fire as quick as possible in the most accurate way possible to get the most amount of points and um, everything is on a timer. So the second that beep goes off you unholstering and getting your first shot is on a timer. If your gun jams or malfunctions, it's on a timer, unfortunately. What? So everything until your last shot in that competition is on the timer.
0: Has that ever happened to you where your gun jams? Oh, of
1: course, yeah. Where I mean, you when you clear the jam as quickly as you possibly can, and that comes through training as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a few uh, instructors that I've had taught me just strictly uh, clearing a jam. You know, multiple platforms, rifle, handgun, shotgun and doing it as quickly as you possibly can, because not even in competition seconds count, but fractions of seconds is what can win or lose a competition. Especially at like that level. level. Yeah, you know, and and you'll see hundredths of a second, you know, where somebody won or lost first place. So if you can clear that jam or malfunction as quickly as you possibly can, you know, that is just that much quicker that you'll be back into the competition right. and, and finishing that course of fire. So yeah, I've had jams, I've had malfunctions. Um, you overcome them as quickly as you possibly can and that relies back on your training.
0: Right, you know? and you allot time specifically to, you know, stimu- uh, stimulate that scenario. Oh, sure. Jams.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's things that I do as a firearm instructor that will cause a jam mm. in, in, a, in one of my students' firearms, so they know how to clear a jam as quickly as they possibly can because that time is not going to stop because your gun jammed. so um i will simulate stuff in in a firearm that will simulate a jam and i would have to clear that jam as quickly
0: as possible Mm. is there a mental strategy that you use because i I, I could imagine this being a high stress situation it's a high stress like you're you're, the clock is clicking yeah you know we are talking about hundredth of a second here. Yes. Do you have like a mental strategy that you normally use if it jams that, okay, how to focus and just be as optimal, as efficient as possible to fix this problem?
1: Um. The more I do the sport, the more things become second nature for mm. me. So in the beginning, when I had a jam, I would pause. I would stop. I'm like, why isn't my gun working? And then I would have to assess that problem. After assessing, I would have to fix that problem. That took multiple seconds in the beginning of my, my shooting career. And I'm like, wow, I just lost that stage all because of one jam. And then the more training I got, the more I practice clearing jams and malfunctions. I can hear a jam before the jam actually happens. And it's like I will now assess that problem as quickly as possible. I would tap the gun racket and get back in the fight within fractions of a second and continue to move on um, because every gun has its own distinctive sound. The way the gun fires, the way the gun recoils. um, If there's what's called a squib in my my line of practice, a squib is a gun that doesn't have enough gunpowder, and the bullet is now stuck in the barrel of the gun. That has a distinctive sound. Um, My gun closing on a chamber that does not have a bullet in it has a distinctive sound than if there was a bullet in there. So if my gun closes and there's no bullet, when I pull that trigger, nothing's going to happen. So that specific sound is distinct to my to my ear that I know if my gun uh, chambers and there's no bullet in there, I know I need to reload
0: quickly and get back into that fight. So um, that's incredible. It's that's yeah, like you practice so much that and you stimulated these these situations so much that, you know, it's just like the sound a Part of you. Yeah. It's like a part of you. It's yeah. almost like just, you know, you're brushing your teeth in the dark. You right. don't really have to really know because <laughs> right. you've it so many times, exactly. right?
1: <laughs> now, handling stress on, on a match, I I have a regiment. Okay. And it's a very, I, I guess in the shooting world, it's an unconventional regimen. I pray every stage. At every stage before my stage preparation, I will have a small prayer. And then I will continue on what I have as a shooting preparation of, you know, if it's a handgun competition, I uh, unholstering my gun, putting my magazine in, racking it and doing the the, the steps I need to do to prepare uh, to shoot in that uh, stage. But I always start every stage with a prayer.
0: Is and a it a positive affirmation? It, yeah. It, it's
1: more of a calms me down. It puts me in a very happy place. You know, no stress, no matter what the, the the level of competition if it's a local match or it's a nationals match it just calms me down and puts me into a nice calm state of mind where i could just conquer anything that comes across
0: mm. so
1: i start off with a prayer, and then i go on to my traditional um shooting routine of preparing my gun so yeah mm. it's, it's weird I, it just no no it, it does not allow me to to get stressed and um another thing is I don't let a bad stage affect me where I've seen phenomenal top shooters mm. have a bad stage, let it fester and give them themselves a mental breakdown and they can't compete the next stage or they compete very poorly because their mind is at the, the previous mistake at the last stage mm. um, or at worst case scenarios have a complete mental breakdown and just say, I, I can't finish this match and give up. And that's like the biggest problem is how do you overcome a bad stage? Let's say that a a stage you're gun jammed and, you know, you cleared the jam as quickly as you can. But that fraction of a second might have costed you that match. And I just don't let it bother me. I'm like, I will let whatever happened at that previous stage happen. And I move on to the next stage as it's a brand new day Mm. Um, and not let it affect me. If you let a bad stage affect you, it could ruin your whole day and i've seen some mediocre shooters that will not let a bad stage affect them and then they get higher in the the rankings because they you know didn't let something bother them and then pushed forward or maybe even pushed themselves to go faster quicker and and get more accurate because they knew they had a bad stage so they let that as a motivation to Mm -hmm. to become a, a to shoot the next stage maybe quicker faster and it worked out for them so Seems Don't let like, that stress bother you.
0: Absolutely, it seems like you know, you know, letting living in a past failure kind of prophesy, self-prophesize that failure into their life now, and even yes. to project it into the future. Because essentially, it's just oh, I messed up on a stage, and I'm not even gonna, you know, again pave my way to a better future at this right. point. I'm just gonna even give up. It sounds like sure. you know, and that kind
1: of says a lot of things about the the personal. Uh, the person himself, mm. you know, well, what happens if you come across a challenging aspect in your life? Mm. Do you just give up and walk away, or do you just fight through it and, you know, strive to be better at the next time you have that opportunity? Mm. So it's, you know, it's kind of like life lessons. You know, mm-hmm. do, do you let it affect you, or do you push forward and, and strive to be better?
0: Yeah, do you think that it, it could be something like, like maybe faith in yourself or confidence in yourself, or just? You know, I just want to get your thoughts on this. Like, what what do you think as far as competitive shooting? What what do you think the higher level competitive shooters utilize to kind of let that past mistake go and just continue to move forward? Is it just like kind of like, all right, you know, uh, I've had great days and I'm gonna have bad days, and kind of just acknowledging that? I don't know. I'm just again making this stuff.
1: Well, up. you know, I'm sure not everybody uh, started off with not letting them bother them, sure. and they they've realized, you know, that I guess. What's the difference between a good shooter and a great shooter? Mm. Um, you learn from your mistakes. So, you know, if you let that one stage bother you and it, it affected you so badly, you couldn't compete or couldn't finish the match. You learn that letting something like that bother you. And affecting your next stage, you can't compete at a higher level. Mm. And now taking that into consideration, like, well, what, what did I do wrong that didn't allow me to progress into that next stage? I let that bad stage affect me so much I couldn't finish or, or it mentally uh, handicapped me to the next stage that I wasn't even thinking of the stage that I'm currently at. I'm still thinking of the mistakes that I made previously. And what makes you a better shooter? Realizing that that does affect you. Let it not affect the next stage and, and treat the next stage as uh, a brand new stage. And I guess learning from your mistakes and, and changing them for your future makes a good shooter into a better shooter. A
0: hundred percent. And it sounds like, again, just learning, you know, I guess the microseconds that you're kind of yes. learning from that mistake and adjusting, right? Almost like same thing when you're uh, adjusting your your pistol, if it's jammed, Yeah, you know, you're learning from it and like not letting it happen again and make, right. you know, making the most out of it. Cause it's like, I, I guess that's probably, maybe to sum it up, it's like, cause Michael Jordan would take that negativity. And as you were mentioning before, like with the mediocre yeah. shooter, drive them, drive to, be them even to be better be, yes even absolutely. better shooters you know um but I some guess people
1: need that motivation and yeah. and why not let a negative um situation be a positive mm. drive
0: mm, mm. so would you say that this is something that your competitive shooting experience help it helps shape your mindset nowadays with
1: i'm your sure it work has
0: your personal life yeah how so
1: um i I'm gonna tell you something that, uh, cause you know me on, on a personal level,
0: Yeah,
1: I was a very shy person. Really? <laughs> yes.
0: No way, yes. Tommy? <laughs>
1: yes, um, I'd be the, the kid in the corner that would hang out and just not wanna be seen. And um, now I'm like the, the the life of the party. Like, you know, I'm, I, I do a lot of public speaking. I, I, I teach a lot of lessons as a firearm instructor. Um, at the range, they utilize my voice because I get to be very, very loud. And when you know people are shooting guns, they can hear me over gunfire. You know, uh, I it's changed my my outlook on myself. I've built a lot more confidence. I've built um, a different outlook in life. You know where. Uh, things that were not achievable are actually achievable. And I'm like, well, why can't something else be achievable? And, and look at a higher uh, star to try to reach and grab. And having that confidence kind of stemmed on, I was just a Joe nobody picking up my gun for the first time. And now, you know, people are coming up to me looking for advice and, and having me be their inspiration of being a better shooter. So mm. it's, you know, why not? reach for higher goals yeah
0: that's amazing and i think you know a lot of su- successful people have that characteristic also it's like they're successful at a high level at one thing and it's like hey you know it's like a, almost you like got bit by the, the, the bug yeah you know, it's like hey i can be this high level here let me you know be high level for everything that i do sure. right and it's you know i that that's amazing that's beautiful yeah um what would you say is a piece of advice that you can have for somebody that is say they're dabbing into the possibility of uh, getting into competitive shooting okay you know do you have any piece of advice that you know you would you would suggest for them to follow
1: well it depends if if they're if they're, if it's a thought in their head uh, the advice i would say is come out and do it you okay. know you know if you go to uspsa.org's website no matter where you live in the united states you put your zip code they will show you the closest match um in your vicinity go to a match introduce yourself the most nicest people i've ever met have been at a shooting range there's been a time that um i was traveling to another match and i forgot my gun bag like literally (laughs) everything and i had one guy lend me their gun. I had another person lend me a holster, another person lend me a belt. By the time seven people came up to me, I had a gun, a belt, a holster, magazine pouches, magazines. Some guy was nice enough. He's like, here, take some bullets. And I'm like, how much do you want for the bullets? He's like, "No, no, no, just compete and have fun. So I was like, I forgot my gun bag and I literally have everything I need to compete in this competition because everybody just gave a little piece of what they had that was extra. And I ended up competing. And uh, so the nicest people, the nicest people uh, that will give the shirt off their back, I've met at a shooting range. Mm. So go out, introduce yourself, get into the sport. Uh, you'll love it. You know, so the that's the advice I would give to a person that is considering uh, coming out to uh, shoot. Mm. The advice I would give to somebody who is currently a new shooter is, you know, stick with it and, and practice and, you know, seek um, uh help you know like find a good uh, firearms instructor take classes take lessons you, you you'll always learn something that will benefit you so yeah
0: is that something that you would say you know if you had a uh, ability to travel back 22 years you yes tell yourself something <laughs> you know like a secret, secret yes. sauce yeah to, to yourself with that be what that you would be it?
1: definitely one of them i didn't i think my pride got ahead of me um for a while that i was like well i know how to shoot you know, the Marine Corps taught me how to shoot. I don't need anybody else to teach me how to physically shoot. Well, it's shooting a gun and shooting a gun in competitions are way two different things. Right. And I needed a firearms instructor who's in competition that could teach me uh, different nuances to, to shave seconds or fractions of seconds off my time. So uh, yeah, I, I, I wish I could have taught my told myself years prior, just shut up. Put your pride aside. Take a couple of lessons from you know better people than you, and you'll learn much quicker. And I would have saved a lot of ammo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> would you say that all shooting schools are not the same? Or
1: all that, shooting schools are not the same? Right. Depending yes. on
0: it, really depends on the level of instructor that's yes. teaching
1: it. Yes. Right? Um, actually, that's that's a very good question. Um, somebody told me. Um, He's like, well, what inspired you to be a firearm instructor? I says, well, I went to a lot of different classes with some phenomenal instructors. And even though they're phenomenal instructors, I might have not just taken their whole lesson plan because it's their lesson plan. But I took the best thing out of their lesson plan. Hmm. I said, well, I'm going to take a slice out of his lesson plan that I really love that inspired me to be a better shooter in one aspect. And another instructor, I would take their little slice that really inspired me. So I took a lot of inspiration from a lot of different uh firearms instructors that i've taken classes with to become a good instructor myself you know and i don't think i'm the best instructor i think catered to what i've gone through and what i can teach um i i teach a a pretty good lesson and you know people that i've taught have you know turned out to be champions in in the sport so i think i'm doing something right but it's you're you're and everybody's level of being an instructor Even if uh, it's a bad instructor, you're going to learn something. Even from a a mediocre instructor, you're going to learn something out of it that you didn't know prior. And take that little inspiration that you've gotten from even a bad instructor and, you know, turn it into uh, a goal that, you know, you're being a better shooter or a better person. Uh, I had this one instructor that I didn't learn much about shooting, but it was more about self-confidence. And that's another, you know, key component of, of shooting. If you're not confident in yourself and your skill of shooting, you're already behind the eight ball,
0: so to speak. So wow. you have, you've unloaded, pun intended, haha. You You've <laughs> unloaded so much wisdom in everything that you just said. Like it's, it's very, it's like, I, I wish, you know, I, I want to try to unpack this. Hopefully I can do this justice. <laughs> Because you know, as because uh, I'm a certified public school teacher as well. So okay. It's like you know, uh, I can understand that not all teachers are cut from the same cloth. We kind of all no. envision teachers, you know, as an umbrella encompassing term. Okay, this is a teacher. They're gonna teach me what I need to know, and then no, it's not true. No. Like no, not all <laughs> teachers are cut from the same cloth. Of course they're not, not. All the same, and it's like a two way street too in teaching. And I want to say that you know. I would suspect that your secret sauce to being a successful instructor is your amazing personality because I I know you on a personal (laughs) level and you're just like the warmest, most accommodating, most perceptive person to be a teacher. Like I I would definitely envision why you're successful as a teacher because it's not just about teacher-centric, this is what I'm teaching you, you either get it or you don't. It's kind of understanding the the student, how they function and kind of accommodating to sure. their need. And I feel like, I find like the best teachers are the ones that take that uh, take that extra step to understand the student so that student can get to success. So there's like a level of, there's a level of social work in, in, in sports too, because it's like, you're kind of understanding their background and kind of building that rapport. Right. And you have these cost- <laughs> characteristics, like I can totally understand well,
1: why. <laughs> uh, the, the good thing about, um, how i teach is um if you're local to to long island where i shoot my student could also be my competitor as well Mm. right so as my competitor i can see his faults so when he's running through that or she is running through that course of fire i'm like okay well i taught you this and you're not taking that into consideration during this stage so i'm like the next time we have a lesson like well we need to reiterate some of the things that we have gone over or maybe incorporate some new techniques of, of learning because I've realized, especially when it comes to um, teaching shooting, it's, there's going to be a 30% retaining of mm. information because let's, let's be real, there's a lot of information coming out during a short period of time and then you're physically shooting guns and, and trying to incorporate shooting a, a, a firearm while running through an obstacle course and trying to retain the information your instructor just told and you. You're yeah, and you're tired. it's, like it's a lot, it. <laughs> it's a lot of information. So I understand that 30% is gonna get retained. And I know that I will be brushing up on previous lessons on my future lessons. So, you know, it could be concreted into your, into your memory. But you know, now I also being my competitor, I could see, are they putting what I'm teaching them into practice or are they not? And what do we got to teach at our next lesson for it to, to help you? So having them, you know, compete with me, I could see their faults, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it's beneficial that, mm-hmm. that I, I see my students even in competition and, and see if they're actually learning what I'm teaching them or mm-hmm. they're not.
0: Mm-hmm. So- and it's a
1: proud moment when my, my actual uh, student Beats me in a competition. That's, awesome, that's a the biggest compliment you could give me. Yes. You've taught, you've learned everything that I'm teaching you, and you took it to the next level to the point you've beat your own instructor. I'm like, that's the biggest compliment I can receive.
0: That's the highest level of, yes. of instruction. Yes. they're thinking out of the box, taking what you know and then incorporating some other factors into it. And now it's like they figure something new out. Yes. Right? That's just like, uh, again, another jewel of wisdom that, you know, can be marinated
1: on. For of course, sure. and then and then that's when the, the, the teacher becomes a student. Like, what did you just learn? You know, on your own from the things I've taught you, or things that you've learned from somebody else. That now you have a little piece of that secret sauce. Give me some of your sauce that you've learned, <laughs> so I could better myself as as a as a competitive shooter, as a, as well as an instructor. So it's I, I never stop learning, and once you realize that you think you know it all. You're you're gonna be behind the times. You stop growing. You stop growing.
0: And it's, that's actually a, a teaching a dash too in uh, the teaching world, public mm-hmm. school teaching world, where it's like teachers that kind of just every year is the same exact curriculum. You know, they're not following the trends of technology and society sure. and culture. And it maybe at one time they were the best teachers, but then they kind of become not so good. Yeah, anymore, you have right? to
1: learn to roll with uh, the times and, yeah. and, and learn and, and, and continue to learn
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and it's like uh in martial arts um because uh, I, I did train in k- karate oh, nice. in martial arts when you hit your black belt it's like you learn like hey you know you learn more when you teach and that's it, you kind of summarized it right there yeah. you know why you're learning more when you teach because it's like okay maybe you know your your student may be throwing a, a punch better than you it's like why sure. right you know? and it's like it's you never stop growing and learning. It's it's beautiful. And, and another thing I love about teaching is there'll be
1: times that I had a really good lesson plan in my head and I, and, and I used to incorporate it in my own routine all the time, and I just shied away from it. And teaching kind of rem- reminds me, it's like, oh, that's right, I'm teaching this, and I stopped incorporating it in my own life. I need to reincorporate it in my life, and by teaching it kind of is a reminder of, Oh, this is what you're teaching. You should practice what you preach and you should do it yourself. So sometimes me teaching somebody is a constant reminder of, of things that I need to do, you know, to continue to better myself.
0: Do you ever get afraid during competition?
1: Do I ever get afraid? No. Mm. I don't think fear has anything.
0: Fear of losing? Or fear? No.
1: Mm. Uh, I'm going to tell you the best advice I got was from a loved one. Mm. They told me when the sport stops being fun. I don't care how much you get paid, stop doing it. Mm. It's like, because you look alive when you're shooting and, and you're teaching. You look, you know, the biggest smiles on your face is when you're at the shooting range. So when it's not fun anymore, stop doing it. So being at the shooting range, teaching, competing, traveling in the competitions, that's my happy place. If I'm fearful there, that's a problem. So, no, I'm not fear of losing. I'm not fear of danger. I'm not fear of, uh, there's no fear at all. It's, you know, it's always fun.
0: I love it's it. always fun. Wow. I love it. And this is, by the way, this episode is going to be season two, episode one. Oh, and I'm the first. Say, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I want to say, like, the entire first season after editing and just marinating on the interviews. And I really, really appreciate everything you just said right now because it's consistent with successful people that they are real with themselves and they are pursuing their passion yes. and their dreams. And that's like where you're most optimal. Right. That you can be the most efficient at whatever you're doing, right? That you're going to go the extra mile because it's not work. At right. It's point. not. It's no. It's fun.
1: And 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 when, you know, it's, it's a very, the, the truest statement that you hear all the time is, you know, if you do something that you love, you know, as a job, you've never worked a day in your life. It's extremely true. You know, like if I would just shoot, compete and teach every day of my life, I don't feel like I've ever worked a day in my life. Yes.
0: I love this. And really, I, I, I would love, you know, people that are just competitors, whether you're a competitive shooter that's listening or just, you know, competing in basketball or whatever, I love this episode because, and I want to make this important point that, you know, Tommy is not saying, I'm just going to close my eyes and just, you know, pursue my dream, which is fine, but Tommy has a high standard for pursuing his dreams. It's not just like, you know, you're randomly doing this, like you do this, you do this right, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're aligning yourself with the right people, you're training, you're respecting the sport and you're respecting the equipment that you use, right? Absolutely. It's a very
1: dangerous equipment that I'm using.
0: Absolutely. And you have this high level, high standard mentality. I would even theorize that might be a secret sauce that what makes successful people successful, pursuing their dreams, pursuing their passion, but then making sure that they keep it at a high standard, keeping themselves at a high standard, right? Absolutely. Because who really is at the same time, who really is, bossing you around and breathing down your neck and telling you you got to do this you got to do that nobody, nobody right
1: yourself myself i'm actually my own worst critic mm. you know there will be times that i would have shot a phenomenal stage and people are like you did it the best and you know you had the quickest time and the, the biggest score and i looked and i replayed it in my head and i'm like no i could have done something a little better yeah. i i could have tweaked this to be a little faster or so i am my actually my own worst critic that mm. you know and, and that's what strives me to continue to be better and better and better. You know, like if I was completely satisfied with every performance I've done at a competition, I don't think there'd be a drive for me to shoot faster, better or, or whatnot. If I'm my own worst critic and I, well, I could tweak here. I could go faster there. My reloads could have been a little smoother. Um, that's my drive you know like being hard on myself is my drive that continues to to go better go faster um and uh you know
0: yeah and you can only and you can only do that when you're doing something that you're passionate about yeah like you know if, if you're doing something that you hate and you don't you're, like, not putting, uh, you're not putting not
1: even not. 10% effort, let alone 110.
0: There's nobody that's telling you right. to, to improve <laughs> because you don't care, right? Like, I don't person, care about right, this. A, right. a person would be like, I hate my job or whatever. Right. And it'd be like, okay, there's not going to be that voice. that would be like, hey, you should do this better. It's like, no, I don't care. I know? don't care. <laughs> Versus if you're really passionate yes. about something, it's like,
1: you don't need anybody to be on top of you. You're pushing yourself. Even if you have a boss, for example, if you're in a position in life where you you love what you do, you don't need a supervisor to, to push you or strive uh, on, to be on top of you to do anything better because you're doing it yourself. Mm. And that that love for whatever you do is going to give you that, that energy to push yourself to be the best in whatever field you do, not just shooting anything in life. Wow.
0: Tommy, I honestly... That's the that's a mic drop moment. I think, <laughs> I think that's the that I don't know how better to, to end this. Um, but Tommy, what are you up to now?
1: Uh what am I up to now? Uh I have more students that I'm I'm training. Awesome. Um I'm got more competitions. It's the height of my season, so uh there's a lot more traveling to do. Um more More fun times with the family because that kind of gets in in the way of life of of competing and and whatnot. I have a a lovely eight-year-old son that wants my attention as much as my competitions do. Um, I am very fortunate that I do get to compete in out-of-state matches with my my niece and, you know, also my goddaughter. Uh, So I get to spend a, a lot of quality time with her and seeing her grow up in the sport and seeing her, you know, becoming a beautiful woman in the what they say is a male-dominated sport. Wow. So, I mean, it's just, I have a lot on my plate, and we, we just make it work, yeah. you know, just to make sure everything is, you know, getting done.
0: Yeah, but the beauty of it, again, you're you're not working. It's, no, it's you know, exactly.
1: It's doing. like so it's, I, I, I could be mom. doing this, you know, all day long, every day, you know, if I was getting paid or not. Thank you for my sponsors for, you know, helping me, you know, uh, make my dreams come true and and, and taking care of it but uh yeah it's it's a dream that um wouldn't be a reality if it wasn't for everybody in my life and and i do belong to a team uh it's called team infidel and uh it's based out of uh, long island but we have team infidel members all over the the world um and my team is actually a very big inspiration Mm -hmm. you know sometimes where Um, I need some pick me up, you know, I need a, an inspirational quote, you know, in in the middle of a a match, you know, my team is there to help me out and in every aspect, any aspect. Um, so I do appreciate having that team as a backbone for, you know, for my competition because it's, it's family, you know, when it comes down to it, I don't look at them as teammates. I look at them as family members. Yeah.
0: So, So, you know. Definitely shout out to Team Infidel. Yes, I'll, yes, love I'll Team Infidel. Include them in the link. Thank uh, you. I'll please follow Tommy. What's your Instagram handle? Uh,
1: Tommy USPSA.
0: Yes, follow Tommy, please. Yes. He's an incredible human being. Support him. Um, I'll include that link down there. Also seek him out. You know he's an amazing instructor, and Tommy. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. It's an absolute honor. I appreciate
1: it. Thank this, you. I
0: love this episode. It's, it's <laughs> this is gonna be like. There's a lot of jewels and Tommy. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jings Mortgage Team. Jings Mortgage Team is a team of real estate mortgage professionals whose mission is to help anyone with their real estate needs. If you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, refinance your home, have credit issues, or in need of an investment loan, we can definitely help you. If you're looking for a real estate agent, we know the best of the best real estate agents. Visit the link below for more information.